listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the macho man. Yeah. The best there is, the best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for ya. Two Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's episode nine of season two. I'm your host, Nate. Today, joining me, as always, my illustrious tag team partner, the one, the only, the Omega Brando. How's it going, buddy? Oh, you didn't know? Jow, 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 jow. Your podcast better call somebody. Jow, 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 jow. Oh, I love that. Jow, jow, jow. Yeah, okay. Fuck yeah, dude. I love that we just did that. That was great. Unrehearsed, my friends. Unrehearsed. That was that was beautiful. So how's it going, Brando? How are you today? It is going fantastic, my friend. As always, we're bringing this episode to you for the last minute. Bringing it, we're not as last minute as sometime as at one time. We were, we were like the day was already there, and we were <laughs> episode wasn't even out yet. So we made it happen, though. It, it does. Uh, you know what? We're magicians. Yeah. Sometimes uh, this show being biweekly, and the other two shows, like other shows that we do, uh, this ep- this show kind of gets pushed to the last minute sometimes with our schedules, with everything being busy, especially with the winter. And coming out of the holidays and going back to work, all that stuff, all that thing, all this stuff going on. Yeah, but the show is here. We're absolutely live here on Tuesday, January 9th, episode 9 of season 2. I like how that we're recording that on the 9th and it's episode 9. I like how that works. It is absolutely magical. Of course, we also had something big, big happen last week at 3 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. Buddy, let me tell you something. I tried my motherfucking hardest to stay up for that whole card. And that shit did not happen at all. I was up from 2 till about 3.15. I can actually tell you on the card where I got to, which was the uh, the uh, Evil and Sonata match versus the Killer Elite Squad because Ibushi had just faced Cody. Right after that match, dude, I'm like, oh, shit, I catch myself dozing. This is not good. And I'm like, well, it's okay. Just rest your eyes for a second. You can open them back up. It's not a big deal. Close my eyes for like 20 minutes. Open them back up. Oh, shit. It's another match. Oh, but it felt really nice to have my eyes closed. Next thing I know, I'm waking up. It's 6 o'clock in the morning, and it is smack dab in the motherfucking middle of Jericho Omega. And I am wide awake now. Like, holy shit, here it is. And I saw, like, the last half of the match, which was really good, the last half. Uh, And then I was like, 
you know, Naito Okada, that's cool. I, I definitely want to see this match. You can fucking wait till the morning because I'm going to bed now. So the Jericho Omega match ended, and I just went straight to bed. And uh, the next day I got up and I watched the whole fucking thing start to finish. God, that is a long wrestling event, Brando. How long was it altogether? Six hours, 38 minutes, and 42 seconds. Almost competing with this year's WrestleMania or last year's WrestleMania. It's ridiculous. It was like bro. seven hours or something. It was crazy. Like midnight, 1230 finally was when the Undertaker like dun, 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 well, yeah. descended down below. I did not get a chance to watch this at all because you sent me a stream of sorts and I started watching it and then it kept giving me the ding, 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 ding. You're a winner. Spin the wheel and you can win a brand new Amazon gift card at valued at $100. And there were 17 people from my local area who won that card. I couldn't believe it. It's absolutely crazy. I was so honored to have been chosen to win that card. However, I know that that's all, it's all fake. These are, these are not real people living in my it's area. Ruse. You know, it's almost like when you have hot singles ready to sleep with you. Man, there are so many hot singles ready to sleep with people, but that's Dude, not even how it is some, anymore. There are some hot ones in my area that I had no idea existed. and They probably if, didn't realize they existed there either. No. <laughs> it is tempting, but I will pass. So then uh, subsequently, I also tried to watch it again, and then the stream kept failing. It kept giving me an error message. I would get like five more minutes in. Give me an error message. And finally, I threw my hands up over the weekend and gave up. And I said, Nate watched it. I'm going to get his account on this card. I'm going to try and get a chance to maybe watch it later. And I will I, send you the download because I have the download. And that is how you should watch it. Because I didn't realize that I sent you a stream. I thought I had sent you the link to the actual download of the event. So now, that's my fault. I'll take one on the chin for that. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching the event. Uh, because I absolutely do want to watch it. I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, I did get. I, did I finish the first match? Was there, was the first match the junior junior tag? The Young Bucks. Young Bucks versus three uh, K. Uh, so like I got. I don't know if I finished even finished the match. I know I was I, I was watching it, but unfortunately, when I was trying to watch it, I was also, you know, being a parent to a toddler, who was like, "Das wrestling, das wrestling." That's wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. And then he runs away and comes back. Daddy, wrestling? All done? All done. Wrestling. A macho man says, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love how he I love how he reacts to wrestling. It's so great. But uh, yeah, the first match on it. Poorly. Oh. I'm sorry. He reacted very poorly last night. Um, oh, no. I, did, I started watching something last night that we'll talk about a little bit later in regards to uh, something else that's coming up, but he was all wanting to watch Sesame Street, and I'm like, no, sir, I was at work all day. I want to watch what I want to watch. He didn't like it. He was absolutely, oh, no. he refused. But he, he was I mean, pissed at you. He was mad for a little bit, and then he you know, got some food in his belly, and he was happy. So carry on with the card, my friend. <clears throat> well, the first match was the Young Bucks defeating 3K, of course, here. I think it was Yo and Nick or Yo and Matt Jackson both having the hard sell on their backs are really really injured and this match was great there were a lot of typical Young Bucks spots match ends with the Meltzer driver for the uh for the win well it ends in a submission but anyways uh 
this match to me was stellar. Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks is just a superstar in this match. Having big saves. There were several really awesome spots throughout the throughout the thing. Uh, you just love the work rate of the Young Bucks, and it's cool to see that they are tag team champs once again. Now they are seven-time junior heavyweight champs over there in New Japan, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, also, there was a crazy spot where I think Nick Jackson, no, I think it was Matt Jackson, uh, powerbombed. Rocky Romero on the apron, or not on the apron, on the ramp going to the ring. And it was a vicious-looking bump. It was very well done. Loved this match. It went almost 20 minutes. Uh, nothing but good things. Nothing but good things to be said about the Young Bucks in this match. I, in my notes here, wrote, I would call this a solid four-star match the Young Bucks had. It definitely left you not sure who was going to win. I, uh... Also, I want to mention that before the card, I wrote down my predictions of who was going to win, and I just wrote down Bucks, Bullet, Ibushi, Kess, which Killer Elite Squad, Goto, Skrull, uh, Tanahashi, Omega, and Naito. And then, of course, if I got it wrong, I marked it off or whatever. So the first one I did say the Bucks, they did win, which was pretty awesome. Uh, it was a great match. Now, there's this weird thing I didn't know they even had uh, in New Japan called the Never Open Weight Six-Man Tag Team Titles. It's like teams of three. Um, the six-man tags go back all the way to WCW had a set of six-man tags, and now Ring of Honor does as well. Well, uh, so we had Team Chaos versus Bullet Club versus, and there's many members of Bullet Club, War Machine and Suzuki Goon. Uh Great match, a lot of action. Of course, it's kind of gauntlet style, so two teams enter. When one team is defeated, another team enters. So, And, of course, the champs enter last because they're the champions. They get the advantage. But Chaos here with, uh, God, what's this guy's name? Uh, Beretta, Beretta, Beretta. He was in Trent WWE. Trent, Trent Beretta, thank you. Um, was, uh, I'm trying to remember who he was. He was, um, he had, did, 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 did he have dreads or... Something like that, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what his, his what he did there. Um, I can't remember if but, that was his uh, actual name or if he had a different name in WWE, but I, I vaguely remember him. Yeah, I can't recall, but they actually win this match, defeating the Bullet Club, which was uh, Bad Luck Fale, Tama Tonga, and Tonga Loa. That's hard to say. Uh, and then, of course, you had Michael Elgin and War Machine, who War Machine just recently got signed to the WWE, and they're on their way out. Uh, we're also defeated as well as Suzuki Goon, which is uh, Taichi, Takashita Izuka, and Zack Sabre Jr. And, of course, Takamishinoku is at ringside because Suzuki Goon is a big gang club over there. And then Takaguchi Japan also lost. Uh, next up on the card, you had Kota Ibushi defeating Cody with Brandy at ringside. It was cool because the... Uh, the Japanese crowd doesn't have that typical like American female valet thing going on in their in their wrestling. So this match was definitely Cody introducing her to that crowd to get her over. And I think it worked really well. There were a couple spots. There was actually a spot where it looked like she got hurt and it they actually sold it so much that I thought she actually got kind of hurt. And then like they zoom into her talking to Cody and they're laughing. Because she she totally like faked it and it was it was it was you know 
Cody pulling a fast one on Ibushi. So this match was just really fast-paced, a lot of lot of spots. Uh, Ibushi wins the match, uh, goes almost 16 minutes. Uh, I gave it uh, 4.25 stars. I thought it was very solid here. Uh, oh, and then uh, there was a spot I want to talk about Brando in this match that was amazing. You know what Cody's finisher is, right? Um, there's a more recent one, or is is it still the same as before? It it's the same. The crossroads. crossroads, yeah. You know, it's like that, like inverted spinning DDT or whatever. Yeah, like roll the dice, uh, Reno, and then Goldberg used it for a minute. Yeah, Kinda. yeah, exactly. Right. So he hit that move off the apron onto the floor, and it looked. Vicious. I mean, it looked brutal. And then when I rewatched it the second time and I knew the move was coming, you watch how well he protected him and how beautifully they land that spot. And it takes, I mean, Cody is a master of his of his craft right now, and he's really at the top of his game. I love what they're doing with him. I can't wait to see more from Cody. Hopefully, maybe he'll make a return to the WWE as I've been championing, but maybe not. We don't, we, won't, we really won't know. Uh, there was a tag team match for the regular IWGP tag team titles, which was Evil and Sonata versus the Killer Elite Squad. Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer being the Killer Elite Squad. Uh, they were champs. They get beat by Evil and Sonata here. It was really interesting because the way they sold the match was literally the Killer Elite Squad squashed the ever-living fuck out of Sonata and uh, Evil. I mean, the whole match, they just beat the ever-living shit out of them. We're hitting all kinds of spots on them, you know, just roughing them up. Classic old-school roughhouse wrestling, you know. And then it was the it was the turn. There's a beautiful hot tag. Uh, Evil comes in and just cleans house, and the you know you feel the momentum immediately shift in the arena. The crowd sw- actually was swelling. They were so hyped on this. Evil and Sonata end up defeating the Killer Elite Squad to win the tag titles. That match goes almost 15 minutes. Uh, it was a uh, it was a solid four star match as well. Uh, let's see, I say, uh, oh yeah, the, the, I I said as one thing in my notes to remember that it was kind of like a squash gone wrong because it was just so solid that they were going to just run in here, kick the shit out of these guys, and be done and stay champs. And then the just the beautifully done hot tag coming off of just. Uh, I mean, Sonata was probably in the ring, I would say, somewhere like 10 minutes of the 14-minute match, maybe more, maybe 12 minutes before the tag happened. And then when Evil got in there and just cleaned house, it the, the, whole, the whole tide shifted. So it was a very awesome match. Next, you got uh, Hiroki Goto versus Minoru Suzuki. This is a hair versus hair match. Uh, and it's a no seconds death match, whatever. I don't know what that stipulation means. I don't think I really understood what, when they were describing what that meant. But um, it was for the open weight championship. Goto defeats Suzuki Goon. Uh, Suzuki gets ushered out of the ring by Suzuki Goon Club, and they are trying to save him. And he kind of comes to and realizes. No, like I'm going to be fucking honorable, and if I'm going to lose my hair, I'm going to lose my hair. So he walks his ass back to the ring. He takes the clippers himself, and he starts shaving his own head like out of nowhere. It was incredible. It was a really beautiful moment that they did there. Uh, solid like 
3.75 star match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, now, the, the next match on the card is the one that I'm most amped for you to see, Brando, because in my opinion, over any match of the night, and I don't, I don't really care what everybody else is saying, this is from my opinion of what I love in wrestling, the match of the night is this uh, Fatal 4-Way Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, Hiromi, Ta- Takahashi, and uh, Kushida, which Kushida is bad as fuck. He's the, the time splitter. He's got the whole like Back to the Future entrance and shit and had like Mattel on his shorts. Oh, man, I was hyped on his look. I was like, this guy is tight. I love it. Uh, but this match was absolutely off the chain. It was, listen, in WWE, as a longtime WWE wrestling fan, watching this card opened my eyes. And I, I think I had said this before, that there's just more to wrestling than just what I've always been fed. So this was my first like full pay-per-view watching when it was Wrestle Kingdom 12. And uh, this match showed me that Fatal 4-Ways can be fast-paced really brilliantly told stories that have a lot of action and have a lot of ways to take people out of the action that are more creative than oop one big spot they're done for most of the match and all of a sudden they stand up and then come back i mean at one point marty squirrel takes uh i'm pretty sure he took takahashi out to the ring out to the um barrier and taped him to the fucking barricade and just taped the shit out of him. And he was debilitated for like four or five minutes of the match. And it was well done because he's sitting there like trying to get that fucking tape off. And he can't pull himself off the barricade or anything, you know. So it just it made for a really interesting match. Uh, it ends with Will Ospreay hitting the Oz Cutter for the victory. There's a beautiful moment here too where Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay, who are bitter rivals against each other, stood together and kind of kicked the shit out of everybody else for a few minutes so that then they could just kind of go at each other. Uh, Marty Skrull hits a Oz cutter on Will Ospreay for an almost finish, which was a cool false finish. There was some awesome stuff where Ospreay did a, like a, a moonsault off of some piece of the equipment, the scaffolding equipment or whatever, mm-hmm. outside the ring. There was a couple cool, you know, very just a lot of cool various spots that happened in the Fatal 4-Way match here. Honestly... This is as close to a perfect match as I've ever seen. Maybe a little over perfect, uh, you know, in my opinion. But, of course, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, after this match is the Tanahashi-Jay White match. Jay White's a young dude. He's only like 24. Coming up over there. They want to turn him into a big star. And he has the it factor. He's got the size. Um, but he doesn't have the confidence yet. And he hasn't really found his voice. The character he's portraying is, you know, Mid mid range, but this was for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Tanahashi versus Jay White. Tanahashi retains here to keep the IWGP Intercontinental title. A twenty minute match, uh, solid four and a half star match easily. Uh, but Jay White is just not that over, and I think they want him to be more over than he is. Up next, of course, is the uh, the one everybody's been so jacked for. There were over ten thousand new subscribers for New Japan just for this one event. That's how much Jericho and Omega sold. So that's big. I mean, they don't get those kind of huge swings. And this was like the the biggest pay-per-view they had had in the past 15 years with the largest house. Yeah. So um, I think that's like also not just this card. I mean, of course, you can't you you can't out like 
un or uh, you know or out or undersell. I, I should say. I'm trying to find the right words. The you know the drawing factor of Chris Jericho in, in Japan going up against Omega. Absolutely, you, you you can't do that. However, I think this has been like a growing thing over the last few years. Like Wrestle Kingdom has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger each year. Where like uh, you had uh, two years ago. You know, you know, you know the so this is right, this is twelve. So you had ten was AJ Styles and Nakamura, amazing. And then you then last year you had Omega Okada, amazing. And then this year you of course had you know Jericho and Omega was the big seller um, to get international audiences to buy this thing as well, but also to help pack the uh, you know pack the dome. So this match showed me one thing over anything else, and that is, in a sense, and I'll argue this for days, there is no greater heel than Chris Jericho. He is the smartest heel wrestler. He does, he just, he takes calculated risks, and I, and I say that even in the small things in this match, Brando. I know you haven't seen it yet, and I'm going to try not to spoil too many things. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, really, in the match. There's tons of awesome moments, but in particular, there's a couple spots outside the ring you know, uh, Jericho throws Omega through a table into, oh, I can't think of his name. It's the, He's the guy who's running Impact right now. I can't, th- Don Callis. So he threw he's him. He's like a big the, executive there now? Yeah, he's he's supposedly running Impact as the show. So he throws Omega into, into the table, through the table and into Don Callis. There's chaos outside the ring. So Omega is effectively down for a minute. Jericho could just stand there and gloat and do whatever. Do you know what he does? He pushes Red Shoes, the referee, down. Then he grabs Red Shoes' son, slaps him in the face, throws him down, and puts him in the walls of Jericho. It's a no-disqualification match. What the fuck are you going to do? You're not going to do anything because he's Chris Jericho. So he just literally like disrespects the ref, puts his son in the, in the walls of Jericho, goes back to the match. This is a beautiful back-and-forth match. Uh, there's some juicing that happens, uh, which was interesting because I saw, you know, listen, I understand the purpose of the juice if you need to have a moment with blood, and especially in Japan, there's not a lot of blood at all, so that's a big thing to have happen, uh, but Omega juiced here for sure, and uh, Jericho didn't. Jericho got busted open in his lip, which was pretty real, and then he got like a cut on his ass cheek, kind of, uh, which, you know, because he went through one of those tables that they have over there, the little miniature tables, weird little strange tables that I don't... They're they're cool because they break different. Yeah. But uh, the Omega match here, they just back and forth, back and forth. A uh, lot of good, different, near-fall spots. Uh, it ends with, you know, Jericho's going to go for the um, Lion Salt and Omega throws the chair at his back and stuns him. Omega picks him up from the ropes, puts him in the one-winged angel, and hits it onto the chair that he just threw at Jericho for the finish. And it was a violent-looking, violent-looking, um, you know, one-winged angel, that, like, that like cradle powerbomb drop fucking weird move. Uh so this match was amazing. It was totally incredible. I it totally it it met expectation. This did not underachieve my expectation. And of course, I had to kind of get used to Japan wrestling because all of a sudden, you know, Chris Jericho walks out, and what's the first thing he does? 
fuck you. And he flips the camera off. And I'm like, well, you could just do that here. Like, it, it, the, all, no, all rules are off. And he's fuck you this, fuck you that. And flipping the crowd off and shit during the match. I was just like, we're in a whole new world of wrestling right now. I love this. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, but Kenny Omega retains and it was, uh, it was a 35 minute match. I mean, damn good, damn good performance out of both these dudes. And, uh, you know, you kind of assume Jericho, okay, well, he's done his little thing here. He's going to go ahead and pack his bags up. Did you hear what happened uh, the very following night? He attacked uh, some other dude. He Tetsuda Naito, the guy who was in the main event of uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 versus Okada. Of course, Okada main t- retains the title here against Tetsuya Naito. A uh, 36-minute match, solid five stars. They put on a hell of a slow. Of course, Japanese wrestling, the, in the purest form, slow build. It's the slow start, work it to a big finish. And that's definitely what that match delivered. Uh, really great, great match there. Uh, but uh, looking at this match of the night, it's probably Kenny Omega Jericho because it just it hyped the whole event. It sold but really match of the night just p- based purely on wrestling performance is the uh, is the fatal four way for me it was it was off the chain there loved this card it's got me definitely more interested in watching more of this stuff it actually has me debating if i want to maybe at some point here in the near future uh get myself one of those uh, subscriptions to that service and then you can have the network and i can have the other kind of network and then we can both have the shows and then we can watch the shows <laughs> We schemed. We we schemed right there live on the podcast. Shh. We're scheming and dreaming, my friend. You know, I have yet to even look into the uh, the Impact Wrestling Global Wrestling Network. That's not real. Is uh, that real? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. That's a real fucking thing. Yeah. They have their own streaming service as well, and you get like. I don't know. It's supposed to have like a bunch of old TNA stuff. So I mean, that's Is it like 47.50 a month? No. And that's why nobody has it. No, no, no. It's just like probably not up to the actual standard. It might, I, again, I, I don't want to like, you know, let's look it up. Global Wrestling Network. Oh my god, it heard me and it just, just stop it. And it is its own app. And <laughs> let's see what we get here. Um Premier destination for the best wrestling around the world. Um, I don't know how much of impact you get. Oh my god! <laughs> I just found something uh, that is recommended for me on the App Store or on Google Play uh, Store, and it's the Alex Jones soundboard. Oh boy! You gonna get it? As well as Golden Axe Classic. Damn. But anyway, yeah, they have their own global wrestling network. Of course, this was sort of all done during the global, you know, force wrestling era. And so look at the late that the logo they still have is like the whole green uh, oh, thing kind of going on. And yeah, you know, I, I, just, I don't know. I've never really checked it out. Um, it's. I've heard it's supposed to have other stuff too, but I, I just don't know. I guess I'll try to try to install it and see what it gives me while we're talking about uh, some other stuff here. So, like, what like what would you rate Wrestle Kingdom twelve then? Overall, the whole card, I would say this is a four point six. 
as far as a solid card is concerned. I mean, shit, dude, they even had me interested in the... They have like a rumble participant match type thing for all the guys who don't work Wrestle Kingdom, kind of like how WWE does the uh, Andre the Giant for all the guys who don't work Mania. The Battle Royal, yeah. Uh, Battle Royal type thing. So they had this, the, you know, this match, and it actually ended with a dude who I found out, you know, he's one of the, like, a legendary member of the Japan wrestling community, and he's had cancer and has battled cancer, and he actually won the thing. So it was like a feel-good moment. So that got me. It was like, okay, that, that was a feel-good moment. And then, you know, you had this really solid, well-put-together card. I think it's super smart to open the show with the Bucks. Great tag team wrestling on this card, you know, just set it up. And then, the, I mean, every every match had stakes and everything meant something. And it's like, you know, that's when a testament of how great their wrestling is. Because I got dropped into this universe that I don't really keep up on that much. This was my first real soiree into the world of, you know, the New Japan wrestling, other than a couple little fucking events that I've seen. And uh, you're over there rocking out. Uh, but uh, this 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 was just really great wrestling. It had me hooked. The stories had me hooked. Understanding these wrestlers, watching all the performances, how seriously they take them. Some of the dopest entrances and or, you know, um, costumes and what have you at the event. It was it felt it felt as big as they were trying to make it feel. And I think that's a, a great testament to what they were trying to do. So this is what I have on the Global Wrestling Network so far. I don't know if you can see that. It says, please wait, please wait, please it's wait, been, please it's wait. It's been saying, please wait, for like the last like four minutes. So It's probably not going to work, just like its company. <laughs> Tell you what, man. Sorry TNA, to keep it real. TN no more. You know, it's like it's sad. It is so sad. I just wish that damn company would just die. TNA. You know, like, you remember... Um, Presto's cat Frisky, yeah, just disappeared one day, and they're like, "Oh, she went off to die." I kind of wish Impact Wrestling would just do that, just disappear, oh and you're like, here in a few years, we're like, "Hey, whatever happened to Impact Wrestling?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, it closed down." What? It did? Yeah, they just quietly shut the doors and didn't oh, bo- didn't want to bother anybody with the you know logistics or anything. It just died. Oh, hot damn, Brando. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a weird sinking ship. It like had a moment of brilliance and then it just nope. Oh dude, like from two thousand four to like two thousand nine I thought it was a great, you know, cool little company. Hits and misses, sure. You but you get that with any wrestling promotion. And then uh shortly into two thousand ten you have the Hogan era and it just God man, just Oh, hey, here we go. It it loaded something up. Ooh. Ah, it's playing. Okay, so. That was not an advertisement for that, by the way, folks. No. It says, premier destination for the best wrestling from around the world. Subscribe for the low cost of $7.99 a month. And get, and get, uh, oh, wait, hold on. It just, like, skipped the whole commercial thing and put me in. And, of course, it has locks of stuff you can and can't watch. T- uh, so, NWA TNA pay-per-view number 81. From uh, February 11, 2004, um, is on here. Smash Wrestling, don't know what that is, so it's got Matt Seidel on there. Brent Banks versus Matt Seidel. Adaptation, Smash Wrestling, Explosion. So they have explosions on here. That's kind of cool because 
before that you would ha- you could only really get them over on uh like 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 like, like an overseas stuff and try to like import the usually uh usually on uh on YouTube you might be able to find it. Hmm. Um But anyway, okay, so let's see if we can't figure out. All right. Let's go to okay, so we have Impact, Classic Wrestling, Indie Wrestling, Docs and Feature. So let's go to let's go to Classic Wrestling and see what we get. Hmm. I love um, this interesting journey we're taking. Pro Wrestling Superstars compilation of shows featuring exciting action from independent Oh, and no I can't click on anything without signing up. So of course. All right, so let's go to let's go to Impact and see what we get. And we have Impact 2018, Impact 2017, Bound for Glory Collection. Uh, and then we have Impact Wrestling 2016, Impact Wrestling tw- uh, 2005, uh, Impact Wrestling 2004. Um, and then you have Explosion, Inside Impact, TNA Epics. The series hosted by Mick Foley looks back at memorable matches and events. One Night Only, a pay-per-view collection from 17. And then some more TNA, the Asylum Years. TNA Pay-Per-Views 2004, TNA Pay-Per-Views 2005. Pay-Per-Views 06, 07, 08, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 through 17 is one thing. British Boot Camp, TNA Legends, classic compilation, some of the DVD collections that they have out. So, I mean, eh? All right, so if I eh. click on, there's no lock on on Impact Wrestling. Let's see if it, it just loaded up the thing. Uh, episode is it, from the most recent. And yeah. All right, so I can watch uh, recent episodes of Impact Wrestling on here. That's very interesting. What? Gonna have to pull a Mike Norris. Oh, I get it. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. The message wasn't going through on your end. So, if you guys don't know, there's a big, uh, you know, uh, running joke along the Journey to Comic Network, ga- you know, shows. And it's a gag where, you know, my co-host of the Game Addicts podcast, Mike Norris, tends to have to go pee. Mm-hmm. Sometimes once, if not twice per show. And so Nate just uh, tried to discreetly tell me that he had to pee, but I had no idea what he was talking about. I just got the message. So if you would have waited just a little bit longer, maybe I would have understood. No, no, I wouldn't have understood it. But um, yeah, it's it's cool. But like, I don't want to watch more recent impact stuff (laughs) as much as. As much as it could be available to me, don't know if I really want to watch it. It, it, It's probably going to have ads for free viewers, you know. That's what I can sort of guess. And maybe, uh, can you stream it? There's, have that little, like, have that little stream box up in the corner where you can, like, stream it to it. But, yeah, Nate, you can watch um, new episodes of Impact Wrestling if that tickles your fancy. So they're giving you that for free? Yeah, for free you can it's how watch. much faith they have in the product. Well, I mean, they give it away for free on TV uh, if you have a cable subscription. 
But every episode of Impact for the past year is on there. And then, of course, wow. uh, uh, 17 and 16 is also unlocked as well. So you get, like, uh, leading into, like, the big change and all that kind of stuff. And But then the old stuff is kind of behind a paywall, the old good era of TNA, if you will, which is only $8 a month, which, I mean, I like how they went a little cheaper because then you can almost justify getting it alongside the WWE Network or the New Japan thing, you know, so you could... Well, you know, for for eight bucks a month, I can get it and watch some TNA stuff, and then and if I don't want, if I want to drop it, I can drop it, or I can get it when I want to get it, you know. Yeah. And so maybe eventually they can put their pay per views on there live. That'd be cool, just like you know, uh, Wrestle Kingdom and WWE does. That would be awesome. However, they're gonna have to build their company up to a point where I give a shit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so right. you know, no offense uh, to them. Um, I don't know if, we, if we've talked about it here, but so Billy Corgan owns NWA uh, now, yep. NWA Wrestling, and there's a new NWA champion, Nate. Really? I don't know who the new NWA champ is. Oh, uh, well, um, he's going by a different name now. I'm going to have to look that up, but I want to say uh, it is, it's, let's, let's look up NWA Wrestling, and then let's look up NWA Champion. Because the new champion is is it it was Tim Storm, but he lost the title. I don't know who Tim Storm is or was or um he was like he was like they were hyping him up to be like this um oh kind of like this oh he's an older uh, you know. He, he's, 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 he's an older dude that never really got his big break kind of guy. Um, he, the, because he was the oldest winner of the belt. He was 51 when he won the belt, and he held it for 163 oh. belts. Or I, 163 <laughs> days. <laughs> he held it for 163 belts. <laughs> 163 belts is the episode title. So the current champion is Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. He is called Magnus. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, the NWA property, is it's very difficult to build that into something because to me that's even lower than, than Impact Wrestling because they have to rely on other promotions to help utilize it. It was Jeff Jarrett tried to make Global Force Wrestling that. I don't think there's a market for that. I think you have to make a promotion you know, base it out of somewhere and build a new NWA promotion. Yep. Uh, it, the NWA was never a promotion. It was a series of promotions that, you know, the NWA name would just be associated with. I don't think that style is suitable anymore, and they need to do that. Magnus is a great guy to start that with. He's a fantastic wrestler. I think he's heavily underutilized. I really wish he would go to WWE Ring of Honor, New Japan, somewhere, and get more recognition because he's. I think he's amazing. Yeah, he could totally be over anywhere. He's just not. Uh, he's not gotten his foot in the door in the right place. Maybe that'll be in his destiny now that he's done this run in NWA as their champ. So, guess who did get their foot in the door? Who? Samoa Joe, right into the door of the injured list. Samoa uh. Joe is injured once again. Uh, apparently, wrestling Monday night, he felt a pop in his right foot. And he's like, ow. 
So then <laughs> they went to go look at As it. As one would. Ouch. Yeah. Ow. Um, so then he, you know, they're taking a look at it, and they think it's a rupture of the plantar fascia. Or fa- Is that how you say it? Plantar fascia? Fascia? Fascia. You had it right. Fucking plantar fascist. <laughs> You're a fascist planter. <laughs> Gardening with Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, awful. Uh so uh yeah, dude, he ruptured he possibly ruptured that tendon which could take uh a couple weeks to a couple months depending on how long that takes. He may miss the rumble, but he's not at right now any at scheduled to miss mania, which sucks because you know, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him for mania anyway. When you have this many awesome guys on the card, Starts to get clogged. I know, and then you end up putting, you know, putting people in the fucking battle royal, which should be something. It should mean more than what it does, you know. Maybe, maybe that's the way to do it, though, Brando. Maybe have him return as a surprise entrant to the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial 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 match. I can't talk. Apparently, you know what's funny, and then have him actually win it. You know what's funny? I was working with the dude. And we were talking about uh, the recent conjecture into um, U.S. politics, and okay. what possibly could be going down. And, and this and this guy, he he's hilarious. And I'm gonna I'm gonna like mimic his speech impediment. He kind of has a lisp. I'm not making fun of the dude. I just think it's, f- dude. This is his cadence, and it's like f- when he makes jokes, it's like it's funnier to hear it with the lisp. Okay. So then he goes. He just says something like, you know, I just think, you know, we're just in this space where where people are just tired of people who are who are normally in, in politics. Politics? <laughs> <laughs> I lost it, dude. I was like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> well, that's what I get for trying to sound smart. Yeah, politics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now politics is my, my favorite new word. So yeah, uh, dude. Joe is out on the injured list. It looks like Dean Ambrose is going to miss Mania altogether. He is going to be out for a while. Uh, the card for Mania hasn't even begun to ca- take shape yet. Really, there are a couple of matches you can almost guarantee are going to happen. I Lesnar feel like Lesnar Roman, huh? Lesnar Lesnar Roman. Roman's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, H and Angle will probably is probably going to happen. Uh, Shane versus DB. Well, as of right now, nothing they are doing is leading towards Daniel Bryan wrestling again. Really? There's even I I read there's even conjecture of them turning him heel just to cool him off before he leaves because they think they're pretty sure that if they don't clear him to wrestle that he will not resign. And he's going to want to go wrestle other places like New Japan or Ring of Honor or somewhere else and they want to try and cool down his pop- popularity before he leaves. It's not going to work. I, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's stupid. But, it's going to backfire really badly for them. Um, I just kind of feel like it, we're in a bad place right now because we're at a crossroads with this whole brain injury thing, right? Where we we know more than we knew then. But we don't know as much as we could. Yeah, and WWE is trying to protect the fuck out of Daniel Bryan so there are no more lawsuits against them. Well, 
they, they were, they're trying to protect the fuck out of everybody. Um, the steps that they have taken to help protect people since the untimely death of Crispin Moi, which can be argued is due to brain damage. And well, and also Benoit's family, you can't disc- you know, can't forget that. But can be a, it it's people are attributing it to his brain damage um uh, saying that well, they're trying to justify it in that way. So maybe it is, maybe it wasn't, maybe he just went crazy. But they're they've been doing more and more and more and more to help try and protect more than what some people else are doing. And them not letting Daniel Bryan back in and forcing him into retirement uh, was to protect themselves, to protect Bryan. Um, now, Bryan wants to wrestle, and he's been told that he can. And By every w- other doctor in the fucking world. And if WWE's not going to let him, he's, he's going to go wrestle because he doesn't care. Correct. He, he's a performer. But did you see there was a video from uh, the Dark match on last week's SmackDown? Do you know about this? So there's a video of DB running the ropes with Sami Zayn, like, you know, crisscrossing each other in the ropes. Like, he looks the best shape he's ever looked. You know what I'm saying? Why they're doing this to this guy, it's just like, are you ridiculous right now, WWE? First of all, you fumbled and fucked up the whole thing with Punk, and now you're going to do a totally different kind of thing to a performer that's equally as fucked up. Like, what? What are you? What are you thinking? If he's been cleared by every other doctor, that there's nothing to worry about, and he's been doing all this rehab and all these different steps and precautions to change his life and his health. Like, if he's been fucking told he's good, he's good. Stop denying him because he's gonna go make money elsewhere, make a name for himself elsewhere, and you guys are gonna be the ones that eat it. Um. Uh, I heard a rumor that this is biggest grain of salt rumor that there's a potential to do a Owens Sammy versus Shane Daniel Bryan at Mania. That'd be interesting. What other possible Mania matches? Um, Cena Taker. I've been seeing it all over. Oh, same, same. That take. Uh, somebody said recently. Taker said. He wasn't going to Raw just for a visit. That he was going there with purpose. So, now, I, all right. So, I read this article today on IGN, basically saying why it needs to happen. Right. Sure. And and also defending the loss to Roman because people are saying, okay. well, if you know, basically Undertaker passed the role of Big Dog in his yard to Roman. And that was the purpose of of his thing last year. Uh, Absolutely. Cena was championing so hard. He wanted to be the guy to face Taker last year because it was seemed like, okay, this is it. No more, you know. Taker's going to go and have surgery, blah, 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 you know. I want to be the guy. I, I, I want that match. Cena even said during the feud with Miz, Miz was like, oh, you're just trying to pull the strings and get your match and all that kind of stuff. And Cena retorted, if I was doing that, I'd be wrestling the Undertaker, not you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, they're looking at that, saying, "How has that really helped Roman?" And the answer is, it hasn't. It never really. It, it got him some major heat right after, but that's definitely sizzled. And he's he's not writing off the fact that he beat Taker. He's not utilizing it. He's not. It, it hasn't really 
he, he didn't win the title this year. It didn't really like elevate him to the next level like a win over the Undertaker should. I mean, look Correct. at look at when Brock beat him. In that year, he God. decimated uh, Cena, right? Yeah, he went on a tear, and he won the belt, and he kept the belt until Mania. You know, until Mania thirty one. So it was like that propelled that run, and then really, to be honest with you, Lesnar's had a couple of cases where you could argue that maybe he's he's cooled down a little bit. That that lackluster Ambrose match, but that was because of the whole UFC deal. Um, yeah, uh, there's that, but. I'm torn, man, because the the article went on, went on to state that if they're going to do this match, it needs to be booked as Taker's last match, win, lose, or draw, and uh, have it be advertised as like this. That's how you sell it. It's like Taker's lost already. Taker lost twice, so it's like, well, maybe you have him show up, and all of a sudden there's a confrontation of sorts. And then, you know, and it's like, hmm, could, well, I mean, what with what happened last year, Taker leaving the gloves, you know, is, is that it? Is it over, you know? Is he, is he here to announce his retirement? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's that confrontation, and you don't answer it then. You're kind of just left, hmm, wonder, right? Then uh, maybe you have, like, seen, a, seen his champion before. It's like, yeah, man, I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Taker... Either just doesn't do it, or maybe Cena does something to. I don't know, right? You can have Cena attack him, blah blah blah. But I don't think Cena would just do that. I mean, maybe you could do it and make him a little bit more edgy, make him the heel in the match a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you want aggressor at least. Yeah, trying Book to it make it one happen. last ride. Right, last ride. One and, last ride, and then. And then it's American Badass Undertaker. You could, but honestly, I would just have him be old school Taker. I don't care. So, but what what I would do is have it be in the Rumble. As soon as in the Rumble, kicking ass, ten, nine, and when it hit, when the eh, it's bong, and crowd goes freaking nuts, and lights come on, Taker's in the ring. Taker costs behind Cena. Cena, either behind him or. Taker cost scene of the scene of the rumble. It would be awesome. Totally I would poetic. book scene number one because then you can have him in there for a long time. And then when he loses, it means something. Yeah, but because then have him make him go to where, you know, it's close to the end. And Cena's have been out there for almost an hour and have him maybe even have him like be kicking ass, man, and have a lot of eliminations, maybe not break Roman's record, but like, Make it to where you're like, man, he's the Iron Man. He's still got it, you know. 16-time world champ, going to win the Royal Rumble. He's going to do it again. He's, he's going to be the only third guy to go from number one to, you know, to, you know, to it. Here he is, and then Taker takes that away from him. So now you've got uh, fuel Cena, for the fire. Cena, <clears throat> Taker. It's like, all right, you took my shot away from me. That's fine. Let's go. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've made an event at WrestleMania before. Besides, me and you wrestle, that will be the fucking main event. Because who cares about anything else? Correct. And then you, you could have Cena win. Taker would have no problem with it. I mean, he's already laid down twice. So, I mean, what's another one at this point? But then you can have... For real. You can also have Taker win. Yep. And have and that on be... a high note. And have that be like the ultimate sign of respect from Cena and all that kind of stuff. And have, you know... 
have that actually be the end where, you know, I don't know. It's just something. It, it, it's the I whole like it. Well, because I'm torn on it because, God damn it, stop playing with my emotions. Yeah. Like, like, last, like when 30 happened, I thought it was over, dude. I fucking teared up. And last year, I fucking, it's over. I teared up. I can't do this anymore, man. It's getting you too much, man. Giving you too much stress and anxiety. Looking, it's, you know, it's, it's fucking tearing up my heart. Oh, don't get into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were going for there. I saw you volley that one up there. I was in sync with what you were going for. <laughs> um, so we got Raw 25 coming up here in a few weeks, and we got some a, a, like a list oh, of people. Oh, hell yeah. Austin has been named. Ah, oh, where's my mouse? Come on. Work. Mouse in the house. Conflabbit. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard someone say Conflabbit? You just did, so yes. <laughs> If I'm being honest. All right. Updated card. We'll look at the Rumble card. Why not? I got the Rumble card up. Well, I did not. So we're going to. There's only six matches announced so far. Yeah, probably. Did you hear about the new Miz getting a, Miz getting a new show with, with Maurice? It's called Miz and Mrs. Oh, my God. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. Man. Damn, that's really good. They're clever. Whoever thought that one up, they should be getting paid a shit ton of cash. Because um, that's going to sell like hot cakes. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Wait, wait. Where is you at, man? Oh, Christy Hemi had like four kids. Whoa, really? Yeah. At once? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. At the same time? Yeah. <laughs> she quadruplets? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Whoa. All right, so we just said Stone Cold. The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, X-Pac, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Asuka, Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss, Samoa Joe, maybe, Sheamus, Cesaro, Kane, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, and I add Ted DiBiase to that list. Um, uh, and then also I think I've read where the New Age Outlaws have been added to the list. So you've got like all of DX Hogan. There. Not yet. Not yet. Potentially interesting. Potentially, I thought he was. The rumors have been <clears throat> kind of circulating that that could be, you know, his sort of comeback. You know what I mean? He's been out of the limelight for a while now. Yeah, you know, a little bit, man. And uh, so, where are we? Okay, so we're gonna look at we're gonna look at the um, the Rumble card that we said. Of course, you only said six matches, and we have the women's Royal Rumble, the men's Royal Rumble, Raw Tag Team Titles with Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus the Bar, the United States Title Tournament Final. The, I'm hoping that's going to be Xavier Woods versus uh, Bobby Roode. Um, I haven't even really seen what the current bracket is. Right now, there are three that have advanced, which is Xavier Woods, Jinder Mahal. They're facing each other this week. And then you've got Bobby Roode versus TBD because uh, Mojo Rowley has not faced Zack Ryder yet. Mm -hmm. But whoever wins that match will face Bobby Roode, then Bobby Roode versus whoever. 
And then whoever wins that will go on to face the winner of Gender versus Xavier Woods for the United States title that will be happening at the Rumble. It's going to be Bobby and Gender. Make it makes sense. Um, Sucks though because I think Xavier should be getting the nod, but that's I digress. The WWE title handicap match: AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yes, and then the. Universal title match, triple threat, Brock Lesnar defending against Kane and Braun Strowman. Ironically, did you see the meme going around about the Royal Rumble uh, effect that this is uh-uh. taking place? Okay, so last year, um, something happened where I think Owens eliminated, or I, I, Styles eliminated Zayn, and then Owens eliminated Styles last year, or something like that. Okay. And then you had... Uh, Kane eliminated Strowman last year. I remember that. Or was that wait? Was that Kane or was that? Did was that? Um, oh oh boy, um, Baron Corbin. Was that last year? Or the year before? I don't. I think that was the year before. I don't. Remember. I don't remember. But it was like all three of these dudes were involved, like with eliminations last year. And now they're all like together, like matches together in some form. Um. So. It's going to be interesting. We're going to go over our Rumble predictions next week, or not next week, in two weeks' time. The next show, episode 10, will be Royal Rumble predictions. So. 10, 10, 10, 10. Are we going on to do our highlight now? Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to do the highlight in a minute, but I have been, I like, last night I started watching Retro Rumbles, and I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to talk about it next week, too. Going to see how many, or, you know, throughout the week or whatever, see how many I can watch. Uh, last year I watched, like, five, 95 to, like, 99 or something like that. And then, um, the, so far I've watched 2000 and 2001. I'm just watching the Rumble match. I'm not watching the whole pay-per-view. Okay. And so, the Royal Rumble 2000, I don't remember the Royal Rumble itself that well because I remember the Triple H versus Cactus Jack street fight. I also remember the Taz beating Angle uh, in Taz's debut. Yep. Which is so funny because one year later, in 2001, Taz would run out against Kane and get thrown out in like less than 30 seconds. So it's crazy. Um, so just a, just a second. We, uh, we have the entrance for the 2000 Royal Rumble. Number one was D'Lo Brown. <laughs> Number two was Grandmaster Sexay. Whoa. Then Headbanger Mosh. And then Christian. And they were all eliminated by Rikishi, who came out next. And then Scotty Duhati, Steve Blackman, and Viscera were all eliminated by Rikishi. Jesus. He had seven eliminations. And then Big Boss Man came out, Test, Bulldog, Gangrel, Edge, Bob Backlund and all those guys teamed up to get Rikishi out. And then makes sense. He's the big dude. Then Jericho comes out and he he gets eliminated by China who comes out not next, but it's Crash Holly, then China, then Farouk, Road Dog, Al Snow, Val Venus, Prince Albert, Hardcore Holly. The Rock, Billy Gunn, The Big Show, Bradshaw, Kane, The Godfather, and X-Pac was the guaranteed uh, 30 
entering. He won a match uh, to get number 30. And he was actually eliminated, but nobody saw him. So he got back in the ring. Uh, but The Rock ends up winning. And then they ended up doing this thing where, like, he didn't really win, but he, he's, still, he's still considered the winner. And then he would go on. Of course, that would be the Fatal 4-Way at Royal Rumble 2000, which would have the weirdest ending. It's, like, it's always weird when a heel wins at Mania where Triple H retained. It was really weird. Yeah. Royal Rumble <laughs> 2001 was billed at the time as one of the biggest Royal Rumble matches. Of course, the other matches on the card... Uh, I, I, I didn't do that for 2000, but uh, I said a couple. Um, this was the uh, Jericho and Benoit Intercontinental title ladder match. That was a really cool match. I remember watching that a while. I didn't watch it until last night, but I've seen it before. Um, then you had Ivory defeated China in like less than four minutes because that was when China did the whole like re-injured her, her neck thing oh yeah uh, and then you had <clears throat> Kurt Angle defeating Triple H in a singles match for the WWF title and then the Rumble entrance this year number one this year was Jeff Hardy number two was Bull Buchanan number three was Matt Hardy and then Farouk and then so the Hardys like eliminated uh Bill Buchanan and Farouk. Number five was Drew Carey. Oh, I remember this. And then number six was Kane. Drew Carey withdraws his entry from the Rumble. Uh, yeah, because he, he he tried to shake his hand and then he tried to like offer him money. <laughs> um, you, you know what's funny is that everybody booed when Drew Carey got inducted in the Hall of Fame. But they were actually cheering for Drew Carey at the event. Yeah. Um. But, of course, then when with Kane, uh, Raven came out and thus started the hardcore portion of the Rumble with Raven, Al Snow, Perry Saturn, and Steve Blackman coming out. And then Grandmaster Sexay came out, and they were all eliminated by Kane. <laughs> and then... Is this the one where Kane set the record? Yeah, at, he, he eliminated 11 people. Shit. And then... Uh, after all those guys were tossed out, the honky tonk man came out <laughs> and he was honky tonk is one of the, uh, Bob Backlund was a surprise entrant, but honky tonk man was also a surprise entrant. And, uh, so he's out there and then he tells Kane to hold on because everybody wants to hear him sing. And he starts singing a song and Kane like grabs the guitar, bam, hits honky tonk over the head, looks down and just shakes his head and tosses, <laughs> Dust is the honky tonk out. Next up is The Rock, and then The Good Father and Taz, Bradshaw, Albert, Hardcore Holly, K Quick. Ooh, uh, that was our truth. Our truth. Uh, Val Venus, uh, William Regal, Tess, The Big Show. This is Big Show making his return uh, from yep. from being sent back to development. <laughs> uh, Crash Holly, then The Undertaker. And it's funny because, like, they end up, like, clearing house, right, with Undertaker and Kane. Because there's, like, you know, Rock has some eliminations. Kane, Taker has eliminations. And then, like, it's just Taker and Kane, um, you know, out there. And then Scotty Duhati comes out. And then it, he's not dancing. He's just, like, walking really slow, and he's looking at the ring like, 
oh shit. <laughs> and he's like, <sighs> he's like, all right, let's go. Starts walking in the ring. He, he gets in there and they just toss him out. Then it's Stone yep. Cold Steve Austin. They edited out the disturbed version of his music on the network. Oh, lame. And then Billy Gunn, Haku was number nine or twenty nine, and then Rikishi. The Rock was not eliminated with the Taker Kane. He was like, he was like put through a table or something, and he came back huh. in. But Austin wins the Rumble. Of course, this is the setup for WrestleMania seventeen, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. It's definitely my favorite. Um, and of course, uh, The Rock would go on to defeat Kurt Angle at No Way Out and set up Angle or no, I'm sorry, Rock. Austin too. Austin, yep. Uh, for Mania, so yeah, dude. The shocking turn. Yeah, the seventeen. The, the heel turn that you know <laughs> some people feel probably shouldn't have happened, but even Austin himself kind of says that he, if he had his way, he would have shake he would have shaken Vince's hand and then stunned him. But um, we are here and we are at the random highlight section of the show, guys. If you don't know. We have a new segment here on the on the show that we've been trying to do, and what we do is that we have a list of 10 wrestlers that we're going to be taking a retrospective look at all throughout the years. Uh, we've done some of these, and we have a random name picker on the mini web tool website where I put all the names in, and it picks one. So we on the list, we have Flair, Eddie Guerrero, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, The Ultimate Warrior, Edge, John Cena, Magnum TA, and Stone Cold himself. Nate, are you ready, sir? Yep. <laughs> I say that scared because I'm like, oh, God. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Scott Hall. Break the walls down. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't Jericho's entrance we were doing. Hey, yo. It is one and only Scott Hall, aka Man. Razor Ramon. Yeah, um, of course he one of the most legendary ladder matches of all time. Let's talk about it. Absolutely, of course we we kind of touched on that just a little bit during the Shawn Michaels portion of the random highlight. Man, uh, Scott Hall, dude, he, he's a guy that is definitely on my list of guys that never won a world title that probably deserved it. He didn't win it in WCW? Nope. Never won a world title. Wow, that's shocking. I actually did not know that. That's crazy to me. So, Scott, <laughs> is he held the IC belt n- numerous times. He was one of the first guys to hold it quite a few times. And then until Jericho took that honor. And uh, I does Miz? Miz hasn't beaten Jericho's reign yet, has he? His, his, Jericho's his still at nine. Um. So Scott's only at seven. You know, Scott's had you know held the IC belt. He held the he held the US belt, the television belt, tag belts tag over titles, tag belts over there in WCW. Then, like you know, Scott got his start, dude. He um, did. Did you know Scott Hall killed a dude? What? Scott Hall uh, killed a guy in self defense. I did not know that. That's crazy. I might be getting the story wrong. Of course, you can hear the story. They did a really cool like ESPN documentary on Scott Hall. It's really worth a watch. And I think he was working at a as a bouncer somewhere, and he ended up in a tussle with a dude, and then and there was a weapon involved, and Scott Hall ended up killing a dude. Wow. 
<clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. That was before he got into wrestling, and of course, when he got into wrestling, he he had, he had a like the most epic mustache that you'll ever see. Oh, those pictures uh, of old school had, Scott Hall is amazing. And of course, uh, then of course he was in AWA where he teamed with Kurt Henning and. You know, got his start there. Eventually, he worked his way down to WCW, where he became the Diamond Stud. And his manager was the one, the only, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. Where, that's where the whole, like, the wet hair, the toothpick started with the Diamond Stud. And, uh, you know, DDP was his mouthpiece and everything. The thing was, is that DDP was a little bit taller than Scott Hall. So, like, DDP as, like, a manager is kind of weird because managers are usually sh- sh- shorter and talkers. And well, Unless you're Diesel. Oh, uh, well, Diesel was different. He was, like, a bodyguard. He wasn't a manager. That's true. That is very true. So, like, he was definitely a different type of character. But eventually, Scott would go to the WWF, and uh, when they were trying to come up with a character for him, Scott, uh, you know, was thinking about, like, a Tony Montana character. And he pitched it. He totally, he just, he did the voice. Hey, yo, Chico. And Vince loved it. Vince had never seen Scarface. <laughs> Vince <laughs> thought it was probably completely original. But uh, <laughs> but then they started doing the vignettes and stuff like that where they were in Miami, but they were really in Connecticut. <laughs> That's hilarious. They were green screening it? No, they were just like out. They would find spots that would look like they would fit in Miami. Oh, sweet. That's kind of awesome. And they would rogue shoot it. Like, uh, if you listen to something to wrestle with, uh, Bruce fills you in on a lot of these backstage stuff about how they did. Yeah, we we uh, listened to one of those together. We listened to one of those together, and it was really, I was like, wow, I love this show. What's awesome is that you do learn a lot. And, you know, um, I don't want to sound like I'm being braggadocious. I do have a very vivid memory for wrestling historical facts. And a lot of like I've I've read a lot and I've done a lot of homework in my line of being a wrestling fan. I don't always I don't do a lot of research when I do these shows. I just pull pull from my memory. So I might forget stuff. I might say stuff wrong. But that's just I don't I doing a lot of homework sucks, man. I never like doing homework. So listening to that show, especially with Bruce, it's it's cool because you you get to learn even more and it and it just fills it out more. So when Scott came in, of course he was heel. He was with Ric Flair, and that led to uh, eventually led to Survivor Series. We were supposed to be the Ultimate Maniacs, uh, you know, uh, Ric Flair and uh, Razor Ramon taking on the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, it didn't happen. Warrior got fired, and they uh, they they turned Mister Perfect Babyface, brought him back out of retirement because he was in not real retirement but semi retirement. I I don't know. Uh, he had some sort of insurance deal with Lloyd's of London with his back. Um, but Perfect came back out of retirement as a babyface. And so you had the tag match at Survivor Series. He then gets the nod at Royal Rumble as the WWF title match against Bret Hart. And has one like one of his defining matches that really like, wow, this guy's going to be something. And then he goes on. I think he wrestles Bob Backlund at like WrestleMania 9 and stinks up the joint. But then, I mean, just flash forward a year later, and he's still on the show at Mania Ten in the in the iconic ladder match. Two IC titles on the line to define who is the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Him versus Shawn Michaels, really defining what it was to have a ladder match. I mean, 
the WWF didn't really do those kind of things at the time. You saw it a lot in like um, Texas wrestling and stuff, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. And even in, in you know Montreal and stuff, they would do the ladder matches, but it wasn't a real you know it wasn't a really huge thing on the main circuit like that. Well, you know, um, Brett claims that Calgary kind of came up with the idea first, and then from there. Uh, he brought the idea into the WWF, and even he and Sean did a ladder match uh, well before that, that Brett was a little sore that they did it without him because it was sort of like his pitch. Uh, so, um, But it is what it is. And Scott... Scott always seemed like he was a step away from the title, from the big title. You know, he's like... You know, you always had, like, well, some other dude because then... Brett was the champ, and then Diesel was the champ, and then Sean was the champ, and it just seemed like it was never going to happen. And then uh, uh, Scott wanted more money. Scott was actually begging Brett. He's like, "Dude, you, you can't be happy. You tell me you're not happy because I'm not happy. I'm IC champ. You're world champ, and I'm not happy with with what I'm getting." So he was trying to push Brett to, to ask for a raise. That way, he could ask for a raise. And yeah. <laughs> And, uh, Smart businessman. Well, you know, uh, there there's this quote from Scott where he's like, "Man, you know, they say in this business you can either make friends or you can make money." He's like, "I've already got a lot money. of friends, so I want to make some money." And so he struck a good deal with Bischoff and WCW to come in, and he decided he was going to leave. And of course, uh, Kevin Nash tells a story that. It was after the cage match. I think it was the cage match between Diesel and Brett um, where Taker pulls Diesel down to the cage. Now, Brett did not want to take the jackknife. Brett was trying to protect himself going into Mania, saying, I don't want to look weak going up against Sean. But Diesel's arguing, like, dude, you took Taker's finish, then I screwed him. You're, now you're going to take my finish, and he's going to screw me. You know, so the argument was like, it's not going to hurt you, man. You're the fucking champ because because you're going to get up and walk out. But B- Diesel was pissed. And then I guess Diesel walked into the shower. Razor was already in the shower. And Diesel said he borrowed some of Scott's shampoo, started shampooing his hair. And he kind of said pretty low, tell Bischoff I'm in. And Scott like looked like overjoyed. He's like, because I'm not going alone now, you know? And he's, yep. he, he's like, oh, dude, and he wanted to hug him. But then you realize, oh, wait, yeah, we're both naked. We're naked in the showers <laughs> together. Um, so yeah, so Scott ends up, Scott was supposed to wrestle uh, Goldust at WrestleMania uh, in the Hollywood backlot back brawl. But uh, there, there is reports that Scott was uncomfortable working with Dustin as Goldust, doing the whole, like, very... Like pushing the edge, flamboyant, pushing the edge with that kind of stuff, and wasn't a big fan. And then I, I don't know if he got popped for a violation. He got suspended, and he missed Mania. But then, of course, we have the curtain call. Yeah, which is uh, obviously a legendary moment in wrestling history. Madison Square Garden, right? Yep. Cage uh, match. Yeah, uh, Razor wrestled. Scott wrestled earlier on in the night. The main event was Sean versus Diesel in a cage. And then at the end, uh, Scott and Triple H came out. They all got in the ring, and they all hugged, and they all celebrated. And yep. uh, Scott leaving. 
Kev's leaving. Sean's champ. So Triple H uh, kind of takes the he takes the the brunt of the uh, of the negativity there, and he gets punished because he was supposed to win the the King of the Ring, and that went to Austin instead. So pretty interesting. Never how that quite went. the guy. Never quite the guy. Scott Hall. Well, uh, well uh, Triple H was destined to win that that King of the Ring, but because of this one instance where H was the only one who was unable or uh, was the only one able to be punished. That gave us the punishable one, yeah. Well, that gave us the Austin three sixteen moment. You talk about your Psalms, you talk about your John three sixteen. Well, Austin three sixteen says, "I just whipped your ass." So Scott shows up on Nitro, out of the crowd, interrupts a match. He's wearing jean. He's wearing a jean vest, jean pants. He's got. The toothpick in, the hair slicked back. He gets on the microphone and in full razor accent says, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. This is where the big boys play. You want a war? (laughs) You're going to get it. And then he leaves to the crowd. People are like, what the heck? Scott had the benefit of being a part of one of the most awesome storylines in wrestling at the time, and and also in history of being a part of the in, the original NWO. He actually is a part of every iteration of the NWO, I believe. Pretty much, but I mean, all it's the, four iterations. It's the original that really stands out on my mind because uh, because you had the whole like. Monday Night War and Razor is on WCW. Then the next week, Diesel shows up, but they're not calling them names yet. They're calling you know the there's there was a lawsuit about this because they were using mannerisms you know that they used in WWF. So they're insinuating that they they need to call them something. And so then they had on I don't know if it was on pay per view. Was it on? The Great American Bash, they had him show up to do an interview with, with with Bischoff where he asked point blank, do you work for the WWF? And they said no. And they called them Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and that's when Nash powerbombed Bischoff through the through the through, through a table like by the stage. And then that led us to Bash at the Beach with the Outsiders versus Sting, Savage, and Luger. And the mystery, mystery partner. partner, which ended up being Hulk Hogan. Which I'm pretty sure is it Zabisco or Brain that give it away like it's as brain. soon as Hogan's music hits. Is this the third guy? Like right out of the gate, he well, jumped the gun. Well, Hogan's music doesn't even hit. He just walks out and gets a pop. That's right. And uh, the Brain does give it away, but when you look at it with hindsight, you think about like Brain never trusted Hogan. That's true. He was always questioning Hogan. So, yes, it does. It does it give it away. Yes and no, because it's still a shock. Because only it's only afterwards that you realize he gave it away, kinda. Because brain, yeah, didn't, okay, that makes sense. Brain didn't know. None of them knew. Yeah, you're right. No one was in on the secret. So, like you, it happens, and brain's like, you know, obviously he goes brain, and he starts healing on Hogan. And then 
when he does it, then Brain can kind of be the baby face of the situation and saying that I never trusted him, you know? All these years, I never trusted him, and, and look what he did. And then and then you can almost look at Brain and go, wow, he's been saying that all these years. Should have listened. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. But, you know, there's Scott right, right there along for the ride, man. He, he's one of the original three. And then, of course, he's involved. He is... Um, of course, multiple-time tag champs uh, with Scott Hall. I mean, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And then you had, um, I I distinctly remember him taking some time off. I don't know if that was for personal reasons or whatnot. But, like, I remember him kind of being a part of the Wolfpack, and then he wasn't. He was for a very short time, and then he wasn't. And then I think when he returned, he, he, went he back returned to black and black, or black and white. To yeah, he screwed over the Wolf Pack and went back to black and white. And then, of course, he was part of NWO 2000, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, then um, he was also the mystery opponent that Goldberg had to beat before he could face Hogan. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, also, Kevin Nash, historically speaking, has another really interesting WCW moment with the Taze stick. We're getting there. Because yep. because then uh, Scott Hall interferes in the Goldberg match against Nash with the taser, costs him the match, and then the next night that leads to the NWO reforming with the NWO United where you had Team Wolfpack and Team Hollywood as a, as a unified front. And then Scott, Scott was around a little bit after that. They they did the whole angle where he they they were talking about his alcoholism because Scott has notoriously been an alcoholic. Um, he wasn't there at the end, but he was still under contract. And then when they brought the NWN to the WWF, uh, it was Scott Nash and and Hogan, which was as much as that was a short lived thing. Uh, for a moment, it was awesome when you had those guys come out and no way out. And then they beat up on Austin, and they did the beat up on Rock. And then uh, there's that one episode where you had Hogan, Hall, and Nash against The Rock and Austin. And it was just such a cool... Didn't they, like, run over somebody in a truck or some shit during that angle? They they beat up Rock, and they ended up attacking The Rock, and they hit him in the back of the head with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And he got taken in an ambulance, but then they stopped the ambulance, hijacked the ambulance... And then Hogan smashed into the ambulance with a semi. Yep, I remember. And then, of course, that led to Mania, where we had Austin versus Scott Hall. Now, now this this is one of Scott Hall's biggest matches at at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 18. And unfortunately for both of these guys, they're not in really good places. Nope, and it's not that great of a match. Uh, It's not as good as it could have been. Austin uh, was pissed he had to work with Hall for that particular match. Well, Austin felt <clears throat> Austin felt like he was being undercut or or undersold. Where like he was the big top guy throughout the year, he felt like he should have been going into this pay-per-view as, as a top guy. Like I think Austin felt CM like CM Punked. Yeah, Austin felt like he should have been on the top of the card. Uh still. Totally. And instead of the Jericho H match, it should have been like he was he was undisputed champion versus H or whatever, which would have made storyline sense if Austin was still heel. Yep, because you know the whole injury. But then like of course it didn't happen that way. And then Scott uh, was kind of like 
eh about it, you know. It's cool, but then but Steve doesn't really w- want to do business, so then he's not really that interested. So it is what it is. And then Scott ended up leaving the company shortly after because he fell asleep backstage because he wasn't scheduled to wrestle, so he fell asleep. He was tired. And he might, I don't know if he was drinking, but he fell asleep, and they fired him for that. So Scott shows up in TNA a little bit. He's He's over there. Some random appearances here and there. But, it, but what I want to talk about is his appearance in the Jake the Snake Resurrection documentary. Because the documentary focuses on Jake, but along his their journey in getting Jake set right and getting him healthy, they get a hold of Scott. And Scott's in a bad way. He's in a wheelchair. He's drinking himself to death. And it's sad. It's a very sad state. But then, you know, they get it, They get him kind of going right, too. And it hasn't been perfect for Scott. I've heard he's kind of stumbled a little bit, but he's not fallen. He's fallen back on his, on his brothers. You know, Jake has been doing phenomenal since then. You know, and even Jake, while during that whole thing, they did a period where he fell off during the making of the documentary. So since then, I haven't heard about anything with Jake falling off and having a hard time. Damn. Scott, yes, I did hear about something, but I don't know if it was entirely that Jake was not, I'm sorry, that Scott was just drinking and getting in trouble, or if it was uh, Scott getting mad and them saying he was drunk. It's it's kind of a two-way street there, but I don't know. But, of course... um, Scott got inducted in the Hall of Fame the same night as yep. Jake. Uh, it was pretty cool that both of those guys kind of got to share that night and that moment of victory for both of them. And then, of course, we had the awesome moment at WrestleMania 31 where you had Sting and Triple H. You had DX come out, and then you had the old school NWO. Hogan Hall and Nash walked out one more time at WrestleMania and had a re, you know, you, you kind of had the Monday Night Wars revisited for one match. The NWO and DX going at it. it was pretty cool. I think that there was a moment that they had in 2004, maybe 2003, where you had the NWO in the company and you had HBK and uh, and Triple H. And I know I always championed a Survivor Series match. NWO v DX with them mm-hmm. fleshing their team out, bring the New Age Outlaws back. Maybe Pac is on one of the two teams. I mean, it's it it wrote itself, and they never did it, of course. So they never made it, it in that this far. Ca- yeah, yeah. To, to to see it in that capacity was still pretty cool, though. It was cool because it was like a flashback, you know. It, because when you had like H and you had his cronies there, because it's Mania, so they're in town, and you're like, wait, what? Especially when the DX music hit and everyone kind of. Popped a bit to see Outlaws and Pac running down and Sting kind of, you know, attacking those guys. And then, like, they're getting involved. And then H looks like he's going to win. And then the NWO music hits and there's another pop. And it's like, wait, really? And there they are because they're in town. There's Hogan Hall and Nash. And then they're walking down the ramp and they're slow pace. And then the Outlaws and Pac are there to meet them. And they start rumbling and fighting. And then HBG comes out of nowhere with a sweet chin music on Sting. It was a really cool moment that it was, you know, it's, I know, uh, uh, Hall doesn't, you know, he hasn't really got a like whole lot of moments to share, but he, he, you know, he got to share in that. And, uh, then, uh, I think they also came out 
for the Hogan Appreciation Night before the controversy. Yeah, because they did like also. A, uh, didn't uh, Hall just do something with someone else's induction? He was a part of someone else getting inducted recently in some form. I remember. Oh. Was it uh, DDP? Oh, uh, yeah. Did he induct DDP or was who who inducted DDP? Mm. God, I'm not sure who actually inducted DDP. I can't remember. Mm. That was just last year, right? Yeah. We're pretty bad at this. Who inducted DDP? I'm just Google searching it. I'm going to WWE.com. Oh, no, it's a video. No. Ah, escape, escape, escape. Get out. I don't want to play. To- oh, wait, no. It was pictures. <laughs> oh, shit. It scared me because it, it had like the same little thing. There's Bischoff. Oh, yeah, Bischoff inducted DDP. That's right. My bad. Well, dude, I Come think on. that's going to do it for us here today on Journey into Wrestling. Of course, we had. Do we have to replace two names or one name? I we think have- last week we forgot to mention what. Or no, no, two weeks ago we forgot to mention what name because last week we did the uh, awards. Yeah, we did. And, and I think Eddie Guerrero got yes. put on the list because uh, we forgot to mention at the very end of the show. So we are going to replace Scott Hall. I can't remember whose pick he is. That was yours. It's my pick. All right. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to replace Scott Hall with Kevin Nash. I knew you were going to fucking do that. That's genius. You're so smart. Because Nash is a, uh, he has a little bit more of a storied career, some world titles in there, some really awesome matches to kind of talk about and reflect upon. So, uh, yeah, guys, if you haven't, go check out Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Check out some of those matches, the ladder match like we talked about, man. Classic match. Some of his stuff, his classic moments that he's been a part of in, in the wrestling history that will live on forever. Uh, Scott Hall is definitely worthy of any Hall of Fame. But, Nate, I think it's going to do it for us here today. We're going to do our Rumble predictions next week. I'm going to watch some more retro Rumbles. Uh, Maybe Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I'm gonna try and watch it. I'm definitely gonna try and get that from from you and watch that and try and get my give you my quick thoughts on that as well since we covered it here in detail. Uh, but Nate, uh, where can we find? Where can people find us, man? Mm, on Facebook, Journey into Wrestling. On Twitter at JIW on JIC. We do not have an Instagram. You can always get us on JourneyIntoComics.com where every other Wednesday opposite foodies watching movies as always folks you can check us out on all the different podcasting platforms whether it's itunes podbean google play music stitcher radio we are now on spotify you heard it here yes spotify search journey into comics network you'll find all of our awesome shows on there uh if that's going to do it for this week's episode brandon did you have anything else you wanted to add my friend that'll be it dude all right man well for journey into wrestling this week i've been nate i've been brando And we are just too sweet, folks. We'll see you guys later.